Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, so much to talk about, including, of course, Kevin Na and Grayson Murray beefing on Twitter. Hideki Matsuyama comes back, beats Russell Henley in a playoff at the Sony Open at YLI as the Hawaii Swing wraps up the tour heads to Southern California for the American Express Championship. This week, we get to a full preview and picks on that. Plus, every tour back in action this week with the LPGA in Orlando, the seniors in Hawaii, and the Corn Ferry Tour playing right now in the Bahamas. Thanks for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the TicketNorthernMichigan.com. We're also on radio Wednesday nights at 7, 1047 FM, 1340 AM, the ticket in Charlevoix, Petoskey, Boyd City, 937 FM, the ticket in Cadillac and Traverse City. Let's go. Kevin Kisner shot 65 today. His 16th round of 65 or lower on courses under 7,100 yards since 2017. In that span, only one player has more such rounds on short courses. I ask you, Hunter. Kevin, no. (laughs) No, no. That's a good guess, though. He's Uh, probably right up there. um, Furyk? Nope. Um, who, Kucher, I don't know why I said Kucher, Kucher. Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson should have been, should have been a guest. Webb Simpson is the answer. Another good week for Kiz. Yeah, he played great. Did you see that stat that all 10 Georgia Bulldogs made the cut at the Sony? All 10 in the field made the cut. That's pretty impressive. Good stuff. I think it might be Grayson Sig week. More on that later when we get into the... American Express, the tournament that can't have the same name for more than two years at a time. Kyler Murray stinks, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. What well, happened I, last night? I, I'm not really, I'm not really entirely sure. I like to think that that Kyler Murray stinks. He looked so afraid. I don't know if not even afraid is the right word. He looked. I'm trying to think of an analogy or something. He didn't look like he knew how to play football. Like the like the throws he was making, he had he had negative touch to any of his passes. <laughs> he was chucking the ball at at his receivers from from feet away. There was a play, I'm pretty sure it was AJ Green. AJ didn't even have his hands up, and the ball was already over his head because because uh, Kyler threw it so hard at him from like five yards away. Yeah, no, he took a dive. <laughs> it was he took a dive. That it, was, I mean. But in all seriousness, I knew everything was going to come up Rams because as I was driving up, and I'm in studio with Hunter today on this fine, balmy Tuesday morning in beautiful, snowy Petoskey, Michigan, that everyone was on the Cardinals plus four. Oh, were, I'm like, were they? Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. I thought it was, I felt like it was more the Rams. The Cardinals are going to get pounded tonight if the public is this certain. And then I saw the line had actually moved from four to three and a half, and I thought a less responsible person than me would place a wager right now, despite driving through snowy Kalkaska, Michigan. I do think that 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 Cardinals team could go down as one of the I think the worst. I believe they were seven and zero to start the season, broken by 
I think it was all Hopkins. The second Hopkins went down. They were they were three and four. I saw a stat. They were eight and two with with uh, DeAndre. They were three and four without him. And Dan Campbell broke the Cardinals. <laughs> I saw one of my friends said that as like a joke last night, and I go, "Well, oh, it's making the rounds on Twitter. No original material here on the Great Lakes. No, no, there's no. There, I mean, there's very there's very little, little originality anywhere in this world these days. Everything's just wash, rinse, repeat." I watched the Manning cast for the first time last night. What'd you think? Since I've been living in the forest for the best. I mean, it was fine. I, it's been, I, my timing is bad because I'm late to this party and it's been built up and built up and built up. And I did find it more than the, what they were discussing being super interesting. I found the format more watchable, less repetitive than the inane play-by-play followed by the you know color commentary followed by more play-by etc back and forth back and forth and back and forth tennis match between announcers so that kind of relaxed format definitely works i'm sure that's going to start weaving its way more into the live play uh sports broadcast television i could certainly see that working in particular in Baseball. I know that ESPN has plans for Sunday night baseball that are supposed to be sort of similar to that, but they are still making Alex Rodriguez a part of that, so they obviously don't see they don't see what everyone else sees basically when it comes to that broadcast. But I think uh, first of all, I didn't know you didn't didn't like Alex Rodriguez so much. Basically. Well, he's not a good. I just mean he's not a great. I mean, I'm not a great broadcaster. I'm doing an hour long podcast with freaking Hunter. But he's not great at it either. No, you asked I me. Mean, you told me. I don't want to say you told me I had to do this, but this sure. This was your idea. No. If this was my idea, then no. it's over. It's over right now. This is the last episode. No. I'll talk. To, I'll talk to Jim. See what we can do. Good idea. Um. I think a lot depends. I don't know who the guests. Are. I we didn't watch. We didn't watch the Manning cast. We don't really. We haven't watched much of the Manning cast since since probably the third the third or fourth time they did it because sometimes if the, if the guests aren't good, it, it gets, it gets really kind of st- almost distracting in a way where in the first week or two, they did it. There weren't guests or there were only two guests. So the fourth quarter was all, it was a lot more of the, just them talking about the game, them talking about the game and styles and, and play calls and things like that, which I'm not a football. I, I never played football, but that's still, a lot more interesting to me than listening to Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick talk about football. And I think if it was any of the other three, if it was um, if it was Joe Buck, Jim Nance, or um, Al Michaels, I would never even come close to listening to Manny Cast. But I think because of the three that they have on ESPN, which I'm not necessarily the most fond Shots of. Shots fired. Yes, well. Shots fired. Sorry, shot heard around the world. Sorry, Steve. That broadcast is. I remember how it was so. It seems like yesterday when that was one of the best broadcasts on television when it was Tariko and Gruden. Yes. Yeah. Like, look where we are now from that. Yeah, and I and I like I said I don't really think that's like that's more a testament to I like the other three guys more than I or the other three groups. Levy's fine, but he's got to stop screaming at everybody. Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to tell him to just take it easy. More conversational. 
less announcer-ish. And I, I like Lewis Riddick. I think he, he, I think he has some really good insight in the game. I don't really know what Brian Grease is doing in the. the He's another yeller. Who is Lewis Riddick? Is he? Just a lot of yelling. Lot of yelling. Like, like you're not. T- you don't need to talk above the crowd noise. You're mi- that's why you have a microphone. And I'm a yeller. They this call is, me old. This is true. This is true. They call me old yeller. Oh. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, I'm never. They should. Never did anybody call you that. Young yeller. That's my rap name. <laughs> um, where do you want to start, Hunter? Because it's it's busy with the corn fairy tours in action. The Sony Open has just wrapped up. We're more full field golf this week. We're in Southern California in the desert playing target desert golf and meanwhile kevin na and grayson murray are beefing on twitter so all is right with the world lots to lots to talk about in today's show where oh where my fellow co-host would you like to begin i think we should probably start with the sony and then let's talk about the corn fairy and then i think not sure if you just mentioned this, but I would like to start every week at least giving you guys an idea of where the um, the ladies are playing. Where hit the... us with that then? Okay, I'll set you. We're gonna that. go around the tours. So I'm gonna try. To, I'm gonna try to do ladies. I'm gonna try to do champions tour. I'll try to do corn ferry. And when the um, because we have some guys playing on the LA tour, some guys playing on the Canada tour from Michigan. I will also give you that. It's still a little cold up there in Canada to play some golf, and LA is still. Um, about a month away from from kicking off. But it is worth mentioning, as I was looking at the L.A. Tour last night, Alex Scott in their last event. Alex Scott's the Traverse City kid. Uh, their last event was middle of December. He finished tied seventh. So finished nice. on a strong note. Ben Cook finished uh, T40th in that event. Okay, one quick thing, because I think we need to touch on this before you go around the tours. Yes. Any news... On the Big Money Classic, we talked last week about how this tournament in, I think it was northern Florida, maybe the Orlando area, Orlando area, was held for professional golfers in the fall, not sanctioned by any tour, just put on by this Big Money Events LLC, I believe was the name of the company. We talked about how they weren't able to come up with the prize money, including the prize money for Eventual winner, MJ McGuire, and second place finisher via playoff, Tom Lovelady, eighty and $70,000 respectively. Then it started to come out that this organizer has had issue with purses, paying out purses in the past. Uh, so there was an article on uh, Golf Channel uh, about detailing some of the back and forth between the players and the event organizers that we covered for you last week. I'm just curious to know, Hunter, have there been further developments in this case? Um, you know, part of the reason I, I, I sort of thought of this uh, in this moment anyway, you know, just now is because MJ is playing well uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour this week. He's... Uh, He's tied for twenty first. He took a didn't play great on on his back nine yesterday, Monday. But I mean, tied for twenty first right now. Yeah. So as, as of right now, nothing. Uh, no. No new developments. Website still 
Um, I'm reading this. The most recent article was from Golf Digest as of two days ago. So this would have been Sunday night, I believe. January 15th. Um, so three days ago now. And still no no new developments. Website is still um, completely altered from what it was previously. Um, McGuire has still not been paid as of three days ago. And still the issues with Square. And that was supposed to be, what was the date on that? February 24th. So I'm not sure if it'll quite take that long for us to have a development. But that is when the credit card processor that, that is has a hold on his money is that's when the hold is up is February 24th. So that will release, I want to say somewhere in the ballpark of like 200,000, I think is what it was, 250, something like that. So, uh, we not will, enough to cover everything that he owes. No, no, not even close. No, well, it helps, but no, not, uh, still pretty short. All right. Well, I was hoping for a little bit more than that. That's unfortunate that there's no, Resolutions are not moving more quickly. We had talked about potentially somebody in the corporate world or the golf world trying to come in here and, and do a good deed and maybe fix this situation. It doesn't appear that anyone's eager to take my advice on that in that regard. It sure seems like we're seeing the problem at hand right, right here unfolding in front of our eyes where there's only – this is an issue that's affecting a ton of players. There's only two stories written about it. Three stories written about it total between the Golf Digest wrote one two days ago, uh, Brantley wrote one seven days ago, and whatever, Ryan wrote one, wrote one about the same time ago. Tough to see. All right, let's get to the let's go around the tours. Do you want to start there yeah. with the Corn Ferry since they're, in, they're on the golf course as we speak? Yeah, let's start there. So the Corn Ferry Tour is down in the Bahamas, the Great Exuma Classic at Sandals Emerald Bay. Uh, we have Joey's actually playing some really good golf through the first. So they, this is a Sunday. This is their first of, correct me if I'm wrong, two Sunday through Wednesday events. And then they take a, a short little break, and then they're back to their normal schedule. So the That's exactly right. So they're through their, their two rounds so far. Harry Hall is leading. Chris Baker is tied. And Joey is in, I believe, T12. He, uh, he shot rounds of 70 and 71. So hopefully uh, a strong Tuesday and Wednesday for him to finish off the week before they head over to um, – the Baham- Once again, the Bahamas, the Great Abaco Classic at the Abaco Club in Winding Bay. Nice little two-week stretch here. Yeah, not bad. Just spend a couple weeks in the Bahamas, play a little golf. You know, is he down there by himself? Is, he, is the fam down there with him, or is he... Uh... He is by himself. Okay. I know that he's been fishing. Oh, I'm sure he's loving that. So, yeah, so to see a, a the lead at seven under after two days in a Corn Ferry Tour event is certainly refreshing. I don't know how much that's related to the difficulty of the golf course or the conditions currently in Exuma, Bahama. But, um, yeah, nice to see that on the Corn Ferry. They don't have – we don't have many events that stay under 20 under par for a winning score, so it's always good to see that. Just wish it were on TV. Bummer that they can't – No, they – well, they made sure to show – Fourth round coverage of the Sony Open last night. I saw that. So 
if you miss if you miss which of course we needed why would you miss that you can watch it again yes probably you actually probably could watch it again tonight why would you, you really watch the henley heartbreak once when you could watch it twice that's true as living a lifetime movie on the pga tour right now he has been for a long time it's at some point it's gonna where's the happy ending is it coming this life's not this life's not full of happy endings never has been he's gonna win a major <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> All right. Okay, so that's that's uh, what's going on in the Corn Ferry. Fun. It'll be next week. We'll be again in the middle of a Corn Ferry tour, live Corn Ferry tour event. So it's fun to update live golf here on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Where, oh, where on this tour around the tours would you like to go next, Hunter? Uh, let's head over to the ladies. So the ladies are kicking off their uh, season this week in Orlando uh, at the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions. Uh, January 20th through 23rd. Um, they are playing at Lake Nona Golf and Country Club. Uh, this is a tournament of champions, just like the men's tournament of champions. Safe to presume. Without knowing that, I'm going to assume that. I think it's safe. I think you're safe. Okay. So, uh, defending champion is Jessica Corda. She wins everything. Yep. Drain. Nope. That's the. Nope. That's Nelly. No, sorry. Yep. Between Jess, the two, Jessica of them. plays. Jessica plays pretty hard too, though. But wins a lot. Uh, Jessica Corda drained twenty-five foot birdie putt in the first sudden death playoff hole to defeat Daniel Kang in the twenty twenty-one tournament of champions. Fourth year of the tournament. Um, so we will give you an update on um, those results next week, as well as a preview of the following tournament. You are just a lip smacking fool over there. <sighs> you want to know what happened? We went to a Griffins game on yeah, how was Saturday that? night. It was good. It was good. But. You were terrorized for being a loud lip smacker? No. I, I ate popcorn at the game, and then we sat outside and waited to get into a bar for like 45 minutes. So my lips got really salty, <laughs> and then they just got so cracked. So oh. I've been like, I've been. It's been a. I've never had crack. I've never been a cracked. Never had. To, I'm one of the world's leading sufferers of cracked. Lips. Never had to buy. I had to go to the store yesterday to buy lip balm. Never bought lip balm ever in my life. It, Welcome to the Burt's Bees family. Yeah. So I bought that we, Carmax. That's okay. All, that was, okay. It was a quick. It was a quick, and I would have preferred Burt's Bees, but I've never she had to buy Vaseline lip balm. So that's probably why I, I'm lip smacking more than I've ever done in my. In, entire life I think. well yeah i mean you're a classic lip smacker so it's hard, hard to say that today's worse than any other day but i'm sorry for your loss so maybe so maybe that was that whole story was just irrelevant to why i'm lip smacking i thought that was the reason I oh you're just now becoming aware of it i had no idea I no i don't really don't know what that I, am i <laughs> hunter's doing funny things with his lips now oh no <laughs> now <laughs> he's I'm trying, trying, I'm, trying to... to, I'm trying to talk without <laughs> touching my lips it's working Maybe, maybe, has that been the reason? Keep doing for, what you're doing. Has that been the reason for my speech impediment you're gonna, for the last you're gonna shrink, 20, 25 years of my life? You're going to shrink my post-production my time in half here if you cut out the lip smacking. No, I'm not. He's wiping the lips. He's sipping the water. Or is that one coffee? Coffee. He's got one thing of coffee, one thing of water. And a smoothie. And a smoothie. All right, moving on. What's going on with the old folks? And, uh, and finally, the old guys get kicked off 
January 20th through 22nd. Uh, they are playing also in Hawaii. I'm not even going to to try to pronounce. We got to go to Hawaii. I can't keep watching these damn events on uh, on tour and, and uh, you know, the I announcers think- are just basking in it. They're almost rubbing in our faces in it. It's snowing up a storm. We're watching the golf because it's beautiful there, but at the same time, it just makes me feel sicker about where I live. I think I'm too cheap to go to Hawaii. Well, I'm too cheap to I'm too cheap to leave my house, but I mean, once in a while, I gotta get out of my comfort zone. That's true. That just seems like you're you're in deep before you even touch ground in Hawaii. Like just getting there is so expensive. I heard a story this morning. I could not believe that five G. Airlines are saying that 5G is going to cause such secure. They're just going to like <laughs> scramble the skies to the point that thousands of existing airplanes from the major carriers are going to have to be sidelined, causing massive failures in the industry the word that's being used is catastrophic disruption catastrophic is that all that's the big i mean that's the big phrase i'm seeing i see it in several one of the several of these articles well at least it's only a catastrophe and not armageddon yeah by the way i believe speaking of armageddon i believe an asteroid just whizzed by our head so congratulations on not having it hit you i've never seen armageddon which is un- which is unfortunate because it's one of my um I've, I've heard really good things about it You've heard good things about Armageddon. Armageddon's a good movie. Um, like good in a serious way of being good, or good in like an entertaining way. Of I being think good? an entertaining way. Um, I was listening to something, a podcast, la- a couple weeks ago, and they were doing a Hangover draft. It was like picking best remedies for Hangover, and that and somebody picked Armageddon. One of my one of like one of the guys that I, I I hold his world word closely, so I must be a decent movie. It's an interesting interpretation of that exercise. Yeah. So the answer is Pedialyte. Never never had Pedialyte. The other correct answer is fast food. Any fast food, particularly french fries. Well, that's what I struggled with this weekend because I I had a few drinks, a few several drinks and I was on the, I'm on this <laughs> stupid diet. So I had I had like oh. no carbs in my system. I had nothing oh, in my system. Boy. I was very. Um, That's good. So you're saving on both ends. You don't have to buy any carbs, and then you get drunk faster. Well, I broke I broke down a little bit. I had a few carbs on <gasps> on Sunday. You broke the diet. So this you diet this diet doesn't you really. You ate a pizza. No Culver's. I needed food on Sunday on the way home. Yeah. So we got so, but that was really all. If I that was the only really break. I. It's not like ketosis where I think you need. You have to stay. You can't have it. This is like I feel like yesterday I had a bite of Mac. I had a bite of Max chicken nugget. So it doesn't count. No. So like I, I'm definitely not as. What are you a Baptist? I'd like to try to. I should take that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything even about that faith. So you're not allowed to dance. I um. Which probably also isn't true. I don't I, even know for sure that that's true. I think the biggest thing of why I don't want to even like take a bite of anything is because like you once you like you give an inch, you start giving miles, and like I feel like I would just like start just okay. Well, here's one bite of this, one bite of that, one bite of that. Yeah, but no, it's actually going. The biggest thing is how much more energy I have throughout the day. So typically, I would drink this coffee, and then by two o'clock, I'd have a Red Bull. 
12 ounce Red Bull, and then I could potentially have a second Red Bull around like the five or six o'clock hour, depending on how how grueling of a day it was. And I have not had any Red Bull for the last seven or eight days. And I've well, that alone is probably helping your physical health tremendously. Oh, and well, yeah, those things are disgusting. They're poison. (laughs) So many people in our take that back. (laughs) Take that back. (laughs) Far from it. Far from it. But it is, I mean, well, maybe maybe you're onto something because I do feel a ton better. Because <laughs> now, I mean, I'm, 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 I feel like I have more energy and all I'm drinking is eight ounces of coffee a day. Wow. Eight ounces, too. You cut down your coffee consumption? That's always what I've had, or nine ounces. Is only, is only. Wow, my mind is now fully, fully 100, 110% blown now. Yeah. You gotta, Literally cannot believe what you just said. You got to get some espresso in your... It's two ounces of espresso, seven ounces of coffee. I like the coffee. My wife makes a cappuccino every morning. Well, cappuccino is different than uh, than what I'm drinking, isn't it? Cappuccino is. Yeah, but I mean, I could have, I could tell her, hey, make me a shot of espresso, and I could pour that in my coffee, or I could have a latte, or I could have, I can have whatever I want. I have an espresso machine in my kitchen. Well, you should make a double espresso. I can make a double espresso. You don't like the taste? You know what? The taste of espresso is not good. Nobody's saying I this. love espresso. You keep saying espresso. It's espresso. I'm going to keep saying espresso. <laughs> You're not going to get me to stop. Between your lips, Max? Yeah, no, it's probably not going to stop. Um, Yeah, no, I, I like it. If it's if it's, if it's it's good, you got to get... It's a, comp, it's a little beyond me. I stop at grinding my own beans and making a french press which i feel is plenty snooty i'm not gonna walk over to my cappuccino my espresso machine rather get out a different bean grind that make myself an espresso and then you know have a whatever shot in the dark or whatever that's the one thing that i probably would have it's just a a shot in the dark. You know what that is? Isn't that just a sh- isn't that just a shot of espresso in your coffee? Well, that's what I do. That's what that's called. Yeah, I think I knew that. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> I've heard that phrase. We just have a we have a you have that whole friend. I just have like a capsules, so it's a little easier for just like pop, yeah, pop yeah, the yeah. No, I love those Nespresso's. Do you call it a Nespresso? No, see that's where my my my. Um, There's a, where a glitch in the matrix there. Yeah, it gets a little flawed. The matrix that is your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mind. Yeah, it gets a little foiled there when when I definitely don't call it the Nespresso, but I do love it. So where are the champion? Where's the champions tour playing? Did we even get there? Um, I, <clears throat> I told you I wouldn't announce. I wouldn't. Uh, I can't pronounce the name of the the golf course, but they're in Hawaii. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, Darren Clark. And Phil, speaking of senior tour, Phil is in the field. Is he? At the American Express. He love him some American Express. He probably has an American Express sponsorship. That or he owes them several thousand dollars in a gambling debt. Uh, final final comment on the senior tour. Darren Clark is the defending champion. And they really only play, this is their one, they play this event and then they are off for another month. So they're all on vacation. Pretty much, yeah. This is this is definitely a, a uh, big a, week for the wives. Yep, and then they are down. It's wives season on the tours right now. Not bad. Hawaii, Bahamas, just living it up. Yep. 
So that is our, uh, like I said, we will we will add in the LA tour. We'll add in the Canada tour when uh, when the time comes. Uh, we will continue to talk about college golf. That's still about a month away, month and a half away from from their winter season kicking off. So at least keep you in the loop as far as where this stuff is happening, who's who's doing well, that kind of stuff. Well, speaking of Hawaii and wives season, we've wrapped up our. Hawaii swing on the PGA Tour with the Sony Open in at Wailai of Golden Tee fame, of course. Is it Golden Tee that everyone knows Wailai from, or is it? You know what I'm talking about? No. Really? Those who those who those who know, no. <laughs> That's before your time, Hunter. It was, it was the uh, default golf course on Golden Tee, I think. Oh my goodness! No, you don't I, know about this. I know gold. No, I know. Um, I know what golden tea is, but the fact that you would know the default golf course. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost 100. Where, where, where are you? Uh, it may not. It may. I may be confusing one gaming system with another. It might not be golden tea. It might be like Nintendo. If there was like a golf, but it was like the most when you could first play video games or some kind of golf game. While I was the default golf course, so what are your takeaways from the event? Because we we know I'm, it's I'm sad. I'm I trying. mean, I love Hideki as much as the next guy, but I feel so badly for like Russell. Something's going. Something is weird. Something is just. I don't know quite what to say about it, but the guy won twice, right out of the gates. Then he has that one other win in 2017. He was. Third in the ball striking stats last year for the full year on tour. The guy has not won since 2017. I know it's hard to win on tour, but he was in the final group of the U.S. Open. He's in contention all the time. He was in the lead by two when he teed off in the on the last day of this tournament and shot something that starts with a two on the front nine. And lost. And didn't win. I have a couple of Kyle Porter uh, tweets from this weekend that made me laugh. Uh, Russell Henley did not trail a single golfer for the final 36 holes of the Sony Open, and he lost. <laughs> Normal sport. So kudos to kudos to Hideki for obviously, I mean, doing what he had to do to force the playing a, a a you know a really clean bag nine, and then obviously obviously everybody wants to talk about the three wood in the playoff, which was you know phenomenal. He, I mean, he had. A th- 277 yard shot to three feet while Russell was whacking it around hitting it in that same damn bunker in the playoff as he did in regulation with his three wood I mean ugh. yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to think I think we mentioned I don't know if that caught the beginning of the recording but this is his fifth fifth straight time with a 54 hole lead and not and not converting it which is and Talk about being in the worst possible geographical location and who he's playing against, like who he's battling to win. Like I felt like everyone was rooting for Decky. For sure. It seems sure. like he was, all the all the chants in the crowd that I heard Twitter videos I saw were all were all Japanese fans. Well, Chant, and the, yeah, I, yes, and the Sony Open has been great in in inviting you know players from the Asian tour, and so it's. I mean, it is a that's. There's no question that that undercurrent was flowing there you know and and not 
you know, Henley was having to swim upstream there, but he, he was firmly in control of that golf tournament and gave it back to Hideki. Yeah. And it has seemingly nothing to do with his physical skills because when you look at his measurables and everything else, and he's he won the 54-hole tournament. So it's pretty good at that. It's just something different is happening you wait, wait in the chemistry the... or the psychology there on Sunday that's preventing him from hoisting the trophy. But to see it unfold in the in the exact way that it did this time around, where he actually came out of the gates firing and stepping on throats, like, oh, this is finally going to be the one. And then not make a single birdie on the back nine and actually shoot. I think he shot one over on the back for a total of a five. He shot a five under round. And, like, you can look at that and say he shot five under. If he birdies the last hole, he wins the golf tournament. He drives it instead. He drives it in the fairway bunker. Can't make a 10-footer. So, I don't know. That's just, that's really, I don't have many takeaways other than that because I find the case the curious case of Russell Henley to be so fascinating. It is. I think uh, I have a couple more takeaways. I think it is very funny that uh, how many times last week we saw that this that that event last week was was clown golf and golf course is too easy, and then this week it was like, oh, this is awesome. This is really great stuff. There were less strokes taken this week by. Russell and Hideki, 257 strokes than there were last week by Cam Smith, who took 258 strokes. But because of the par, it just completely manipulates the golf course and like the scoring. So and I thought that was kind of funny to see that that it was. It felt like last week it was just everyone was saying how how much of a joke it was, and then this week it was like, well, they actually shot less strokes over the four days than what they did last. What Cam Smith did last week. Another takeaway. We have. I know uh, Peter has been a Hideki truther for a while now. Thinks he's the next. He's the best thing since sliced bread. And his resume is actually pretty incredible. He has won two times at Phoenix. He's won the Zozo. He has won two World Golf Championships. He has won the Memorial. He has won the Masters. Seven wins and two hundred and two PGA Tour starts. Thirty-seven million dollars earned on the PGA Tour. This is all before he turned 30. Yeah, he's 20. 29? 28, 29? Yeah. I think he's 29. So it is is really impressive to see, obviously, that that back nine on Sunday is to come back from from five back at the turn. I know Russell didn't exactly play lights out golf on the backside, but he still took advantage of a – took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, he just just turned – or he's going to turn 30 here in February, end of February. Yeah, congrats to Hideki. Not surprised to see him continue to win. I do think the major victory was a, a monkey off his back. He's won twice since then, both on in this tour season now. So he's obviously the early favorite for PGA Tour Player of the Year the year after he won at Augusta. I suspect he's going to play great in April. I don't see why he's not going to be in contention at Augusta this year coming out off the heels of a victory there. Um, Yeah, he's probably already has a Hall of Fame resume, would you say? And he's going to continue to build that. Imagine if he wins four times this year. Yeah, which is, I mean, more than possible. It's crazy to think of 
he has been he finished I was I had to look because I, I was just curious he has been on the tour since 2013 for only being 29 years old that's pretty pretty incredible a top 10 finish at the 2013 US Open after some successful wins on the Japan golf tour so it's just you always think he's so much older than he is because he has been along for or been around for what feels like ever any other way, takeaways from the Sony? I had a rough week gambling. I had a, particularly a rough week on Sunday. I won a couple head-to-heads. Um, I was riding Kisner a little bit in the head-to-heads, which was nice. But And I hit a Kokrak top 20. But my one-and-done and, done and my, my kind of my pick of the week, Leishman, was pedestrian to, to say the least. Really just never got anything going in terms of putting much together didn't play poorly but made he had to lead the lead the field in pars i think and then cam davis just kind of abruptly stopped you know scoring on sunday couldn't make any birdies and ended up missing out that i was wondering if i was going to cash a top 10 which i told you guys i had gotten at plus 700 but he ended up finishing a stroke or two outside of the top 20 as well so pretty lean week in in that regard and answer really burned me in in DraftKings because he couldn't you know put it in the ocean from the beach but I think he's really interesting here for the American Express he has great history and I wonder now are people going to get off of him because he was a popular play last week when really it was that putter can flip and yeah exactly maybe all of a sudden because the ball striking numbers still seem to be fine so shall we get into the American Express yeah let's do it Back to it being a pro-am. As Hunter mentioned towards the top, I believe we did not do a, a pro-am last year here because of COVID, so we went back to a traditional 36-hole cut. So you have a 54-hole cut in this event. You play the stadium course once in your first th- in your rotation of your first three rounds, and you play it again on Sunday. Southern California, desert golf, target golf, lots of short approaches. Approaches, you know, 125, 130. 30, 80 yards, you know, a lot of wedges uh, this week and some pretty low scoring. We're going to be back into the 20s again this week in terms of a winning score. Probably going to end up being pretty similar to the winning score at YLI. You need birdie makers. You need some decent putters. Uh, There are some guys who have pretty lengthy and impressive history on these tracks so that's certainly an angle that you'll see betters uh, go to this week interestingly 12 of the last 13 winners here hunter have played one of the two hawaii events so that's something else to take into consideration if this is your first event of the season you are less likely historically to emerge here as a winner I don't know how that bears itself out in terms of the field generally, but 12 of the last 13 winners have played at least one of the two events in Hawaii, either the Tournament of Champions or at YLI. So, um, Something to keep in mind. Short desert golf. If you've ever played any of that before, you're just picking targets off the tee, you know, playing short shots into the greens, trying to make a lot of birdies. So I don't know that there's... Like, if you play well in this area of the country, if you're familiar with this area of the country, if you have good history on these golf courses, if you're really good with your wedges, if you're an excellent putter, 
uh, those are characteristics that I would think would would translate well here uh, this week. Hunter, what's your outlook on the week here before we get into the uh, odds board? So full field, back to a full field event? Correct. 156 golfers, three courses. My my one big takeaway is, is like a player that I just need to get off my chest. I need to start betting on Seamus Power, I think. He seems to be playing – doesn't this doesn't is this not like a good fit for him? Because we just mentioned it seems like this is exactly the same fit as the course as where they just finished up in Hawaii. You should get the. Uh, it is not like dissimilar from Hawaii in the sense of like the the skill sets that can do well here. You should look though. You may be able to get it. The run that Seamus is on right now is is incredible. So, I mean, it's hard to even fathom, but his run of top 25s, I think dating all the way back to his victory last year over JT Poston, is, stu- I mean, it's stunning. So, I mean, he's kind of reminding, you know, like when Corey Con- Connors just kind of like rose out of the, you know, corn fairy abyss and just kind of never stopped his performance and is now, I think, up to... You know, like I think he's 28th in the official world golf ranking, something like that. Who's this? Corey Connors. Corey, yes, yeah. Seamus is kind of on the same path here in the sense that, like, you keep waiting for the the regression that is just not coming. So as of, we can go back as, holy moly. So this, we'll just go back to. At last year's Sony Open, he was 434th in the world. He just cracked the top 50 after his ter- after his uh, T3rd <clears throat> last week. So he is on an absolutely it's an absolute tear. I, I don't know I don't know what got into him, but that is my <clears throat> has nothing to do with the golf course. But at some point, I, we just need to start betting. Power to top twenty. Yeah, I think it's probably worth a look. He's thirty-two to one this week. Let's go through the odds board because it's very top-heavy. Rom, who has good history here, is playing. He's the favorite, a really, really short favorite at six to one. There's going to be some variation here. These, this is FanDuel Michigan. Cantlay looks like he might be either is less expensive, or I mean, excuse me, his odds are shorter on FanDuel, or he's been bet down because I heard. Him in the area of nine to one. He's seven and a half on here. Scheffler, third, nineteen to one. M twenty one to one. Finau, Connors twenty four. Gooch, answer twenty nine. You can see why that answer all of a, all of a sudden that number is going in the other direction here. Matthew Wolf, who when he plays at least over the past six months or so, he plays well. I think four top twenties in his last four starts and either second or third in in strokes gained T to green over the last 16 rounds on the PGA Tour. So he's kind of a it's sort of interesting to see to, to think about him at 31 to 1. I'm sure he's going to be on cards this week for the upside. Uh your guy I mentioned Sheamus is at 32, Reed 34 to 1 in this field. Crazy. Henley, 36. Siwoo Kim, uh, defending champion? I believe he's a defending champion. Last year was Kim. 
The year before that, I think, was Landry. And the year before that was Adam Long, I think, in terms of the past winners here. Long beat Phil. Landry beat Answer, I think. And then last year, Siwoo Kim held off Patrick Cantlay, who shot a course record 61 on Sunday. Correct. Nice job. Justin Rose, 46-1, to along with Will Zalatoris and Cameron Tringali. I think Zalatoris and Tringali are both going to get quite a bit of attention. And people will be surprised, as I was, to see Zalatoris priced in this area. Quietly, I think, played pretty well his first two events of the year. I think he t- has a maybe like a tied for 7th and a tied for 11th. So. T11, T14th. So not bad. No. Um, Ricky Fowler. 50 to 1. Christian Bazutenhoit, I've heard people already getting on on him, touting him as 55. Norin, 65. List, 70. Glover, who had a great week last week and led the field in strokes gained approach, is 75 to 1, along with Carlos Ortiz, Johnny Vegas, Jason Day, who I was heard was as high as 130 to 1. So either FanDuel is high variation book to book this week, it looks like. Michael Thompson, who has good history here and played well last week, 75-1, to uh, as well as Adam Hadwin, who's a former winner here. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, shot a 59 at this event. Just wasn't on the stadium course where Patrick Cantlay set the course record shooting a 61 last year on Sunday. Gary Woodland, Russell Knox, 80-1. to Brian Harmon made the cut last week, 85 to 1. Charles Howell, Kevin Streelman, Doug Gim, Chris Kirk. Those guys are 90 to 1. And then I won't take you through the entire field, but really an interesting gambling week in the sense that it's very top heavy. Rom is obviously playing great. He just played great at the Tournament of Champions. Would have won if not for a career week from uh, Cam Davis. And yet. This is a golf course where long shots often prevail. Landry was probably in the 200-plus to one range when he won here. I'm sure Adam Long was probably, you know, he could have been, he was probably even higher than that. So, But he, he, didn't, he didn't win, did he? Adam Long. Did he? Yeah. So you've got, if you are, have a good feeling about one of these long shots, this is definitely a week because they're playing three different courses because it's a birdie fest because this can turn into a bit of a putting contest because you have history to back it up don't be afraid to click on some of these you know 100 to 1 pluses if you're not going to take the shorter odds on let's say the top 10 12 guys in this field where there's kind of a significant fall off after that i mean i'm looking at an odds board that has abraham answer and justin rose priced six players apart so that tells you sort of the the wide range here i saw a tweet yesterday i don't think it's quite right based on the way the odds have come down but i think 100 154 players in the field 130 of those opened at 100 to 1 or greater odds. I don't think that's clearly it's come down from there, but you're looking at safe to say something in the neighborhood of two thirds of this field is priced at a hundred to one or longer. So here, any guys have your attention this week? I know you mentioned Seamus power on a top 20. I don't know if you're scrolling the top 20 odds over there, but players that you think 
are uh, are bound to have a good week this week at the American Express. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will be on Sheamus. Uh, he's plus one fifty to top twenty. I, I I have missed I have missed this boat for too long, and I'm sure he'll probably just I'm sure he'll not play well this week. But I will be on. And then another guy that I that has um, has my full attention this week is Michael Thompson. So he made five straight cuts in the fall series in every event he played. He just finished top five at Wallahy last week, um, and he has two top tens at PJ West since um, 2019, including a T5 last year. He is 66-1 to one to win on Barstool Sports, and then he is plus 275 to, um, to top 20. I really like that. I think I'm going to stay away. You mentioned Patrick Reed having kind of having some good numbers. His his stats here outside of his win are are not the greatest. He has um, he won so he won here in eight years ago, and then it's been five years since he has made a cut here. Wow! So he t twelfth five years ago, but outside of that, but it, but at the same time, you could always say, I mean, he's. He's somebody that can grind grind it out, but definitely something to keep in mind with with um, his recent form not not being the greatest. I also don't mind uh, Sung J M at all. I think Sung J coming off one of his rare rare missed cuts last week. I think he will be rested, ready to rock and roll. Um, fourth straight appearance here at PJ West. He has a T twelfth, T ten, T twelfth. And opened with a T eighth at Kapalua, so a couple bad rounds does not does not define my boy Sungjae. Yeah, no, I think he's a really solid pick this week. He might be a, in consideration for me at, at, for a one and done play. He's also has some pretty decent pricing on DraftKings. I wonder if that's going to be if he's going to be too high owned there. Um, you really have a kind of a hard decision to make here in terms of your your the outright market uh because just because John Rahm's in this field you know what i mean we're at the point now where he's playing so well like he changes this whole conversation there's a reason so many guys are 100 to 1 you're looking at a guy at the top of the board that's 6 to 1 and his second favorite is 7 and a half and then there's a gap all the way to 19 to 1 between the top two players. And if you look at the ball striking numbers, it's backed up by that. I know this is golf, and this is a uh, a tournament where it's as likely as, as anywhere else that Rom, you know, the best player wouldn't win. But you put on top of that the history at this event. He's went to Arizona State, which is, I know we're not in Arizona, but it's not terribly far from here and it's a very similar style of golf that they're going to be playing this week i think there i think there are a lot of pga tour players that are that went when they were the best in the world you didn't necessarily think they were they were going to every event to win i think when john rom shows up to an event i think he full fully plans on on leaving that event victory he doesn't he doesn't just show up just to show up and he's in a certain i mean he had how many victories did he have on tour last year you asked that, but wasn't it only like two? It's one, I think. Yeah, it I was. Think it's okay, one. It was, which is just stunning to think of how well he played <laughs> because of like because of all this extraordinary circumstance. He couldn't win 
it because he had a massive 54 hole lead and he had to quit because he had tested positive for COVID. And he won the tour championship, but he was he had to come from behind because of the janky scoring. You know, like he the guy's got to be looking at his past year thinking, how do I not have more than one, one win? And then you take it, throw the tournament of champions in there when he shoots 33 under whatever he shot. And again, he loses by a stroke because Cam Smith was unbeatable for a week. I don't know. Am I going to bet John Rahm to win at 6-1? to one? No. And I already bet Grayson Sig 190-1. to one. I bet Harold Varner 160-1. to one. And, you know, I'm going to play around a little bit with some of these long shots and have fun. But that, I might literally build a card that is all 100-1 to one plus in the outrights. And just play some finishing positions, play some matchups. The only guy that I'm really, there's two of them. The only two guys that I'm really considering, maybe three if you throw in Zalatoris, under 50 to one are Answer and Wolf. Because I think the the value is great on those two options. And Wolf backed up by the four consecutive top 20s and the amazing ball striking numbers, even though the driver hasn't caught up yet. If it does, look out. And answers i mean he's like a fifth a second and an 18th i think here in the last three years and his ball striking numbers are fine right now his last two results have been all about the putter those are kind of the two for me that are in consideration and if i end up if i do end up betting answer i will certainly back that up with top 20s and probably a top 10 and probably the case for wolf too at least with a with a top 20 i uh i I just had to go look it up because we we just we we keep talking about John Rahm. His the run that he is on since last year's PGA Tour or PGA Championship in end of May. He finished eighth place. He withdrew from the Memorial with a six shot lead. He won the U.S. Open. He finished third at the Open Championship. He finished third at the Northern Trust. He finished ninth at the BMW Championship. He finished second at the Tour Championship, and he finished second at Kapalua. He is gonna win this week. It is wild. Like the like the he is he's minus one fifty a top five. He might at win. a full field event. You know what? That might be the that might be a strategy this week. <laughs> Not to be serious, but if you can find a number on <laughs> Rom to win by like three or more strokes, yeah, I'm I, serious. I don't know if that. I don't know. I've never seen that before. Have you? Is that a thing? You can. But I, I could see Rom winning. You know, like this might be him saying. I told you guys I'm the best player in the world. You may not believe me. I only have one win, but watch this. You know, I think he's in that mindset. Now, is that enough for me to bet a player at 6-1 to one in a 154-player field? No. But let me ask you this, and we're way over on time, but should I one and done him? Uh... You, can you burn the best player in the world at the American Express Championship week two of the one-and-done season? How many people in their pools will be playing John Rahm this week? And watch, just because I said this, and I will one and done him, and Patrick Cantley will win the golf tournament, <laughs> and the podcast will be over. That'll be true. And then Patrick will be like, "Well, I am the best player." That maybe that's gonna be a little side storyline. I think so. If they're yeah. both in contention, for sure. Yeah. So I no, I am I am fully. I'm a full John Rahm believer. I don't I don't care that he only has one win in the last year, which is just unbelievable to say out loud yeah it's bonkers all right we're well over we didn't even talk about 
Kevin Na and Grayson Murray, the most important story in golf right now. Twitter I, beef of the week. Kevin Na needs to play faster golf, and Grayson Murray needs to play better golf. <laughs> and he needs to say less. Say less. Say yeah. less. You need to be – Grayson Murray, you need to make your way into – give me a second here. I to, just think – To make those you comments, you have to be better than right now he is – He's six hundred and forty six in the world. Like you gotta be you gotta be top hundred to the funniest part of it all in my Kevin Na saying that Brooks Kepka texted him to tell him how good his tweet was is just peak stupidity and and just like it's a low point for the human species. Like what are you doing? You that is your badge of honor is that Brooks Kepka texted you a congratulations about the way you behaved in a t- like how you, how badly you publicly shamed another human being. What in the hell? I don't um and the Brooks the idea of Brooks being the arbiter of what is good and bad for on golf Twitter is also hilarious. Kevin now wanting the adulation and admiration of Brooks Kepka. Well, How he, weird. He got it. He got it. And he's he's he happier it. about that than he ever has been about winning a golf tournament. Yep. No, I um I don't uh I don't know. That's he is. Is he plays playing this week? Where is? It? Who Grayson? Yeah, he's playing at uh, Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry. Good. He is. Oh no, I have no worries. Oh jeez, we're way over. Hunter, hurry up! Pick, you it, don't up. Pick, it, up. Pick it up! Pick it up! Pick it up! That's like when you say, "Let's get to the next tee." There's people behind us. Pick it up! Pick it up! Pick it up! Oh, you got cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> well, that's a perfect that's, that's place tough. to end. That's isn't tough, it? Grayson. Yeah. Uh, 73 75. Uh, boy. Missed it by two. And with that, we'll See talk you to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Great Lakes Golf Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the TicketNorthernMichigan.com. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you feel so inclined, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back next week with a full recap of all the action across the various tours this week. And we'll look ahead to the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Alexander Alexson? No, Alexandra. Alex, I'm thinking of like Alex. Alex. Alexander. Alex. Two different people. Alexander Noren. Alex Noren. And then Kevin Kissel. Are you having a seizure? Am I like, am I saying these names wrong? <laughs> the first time, I can't wait to go back and listen to it, but the first time you said something a little funny. But it's Alexander Norin and then Alex Norin. And then, that's, that's one person you realize, right? Who am I? No, no. Are you talking about I'm Henrik Norlander? Who did I? Alex Norin? That was hilarious, dude. You just had... You just had like an all-time senior moment right there. I know. I'm still having it though, because I'm like, I'm like you looking kept at. saying it, there's looking... Alexander Norin, and then there's Alex Norin. I know, because I'm looking at a. Uh... <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that's okay. I get it. I got it. All right, let me cut that part. Would you like to say it right? No. <laughs>